Jonesy, this podcast had it all. Three racing states and we went even went international. Yeah, that's what we're doing now. Uh, I think a podcast of this caliber should transcend jurisdictions. Mm. We're talking about the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. And um, just how much of a phenomenal occasion it is. and The turnover. The t- <laughs> My God. The turnover is phenomenal, but it also, <laughs> I, I think it shone a little light. On the uh, on the turnover that we have on our greatest race here in Australia, but uh, more on that during the podcast. Yeah, I would have thought so. And if you're going to turn some over this weekend, where would you do something like that? I think you're going to turn some over with Team Orange, and that's the good people at Ned's. Look, the Winter Carnival's heating up. We're on the back end of the Adelaide Carnival. Thank God, some would say. <laughs> um, so open up your Ned's app and gamble responsibly in there. Um, check us out on our profiles. You can follow us in on a few bets if you like. But if you don't want to, that's fine too. But I'll tell you what, everything you could possibly do on the Neds app is what you want to do. Get weird and exotic for us, drifters. Absolutely. And uh tell you what, some of the drifters are following in what we've posted or what I've posted, um, those three-leg multis and two-leg multis for the yep. Queensland Derby and the Cox Plate. And there was another one there, the Stradbroke as well. So a couple of drifters have um, following our coattails and, you know, it's good to have a long, long-term long play. You've pulled it off before. Yes. No reason why it can't happen again. Absolutely. But what are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Just picking up the pieces here. Declan. G'day, mate. How are you? Good. Now the autumn done and dusted, but that won't stop the juggernaut that is the On The Drift podcast. Yeah, juggernaut is a fantastic descriptive word, an adjective. Thank you. Um, What would it be a noun? Is it the name of like someone with a massive suit on? Juggernaut? Yeah. I don't know why. Because you know those big juggernauts that are like those big soldiers from like Call of Duty? (laughs) <laughs> this is a reference. I do not understand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Basically, I reckon half the audience will. Yeah. So in COD, yeah. there is a juggernaut suit. Oh, right. Okay. And basically, it's like this armored suit that you can just absolutely pepper with so many bullets and they just won't go down. Okay. So this is definitely going to be a poll <laughs> on our Instagram story. So you've, you've, said, you've been bold. You said 50%. <laughs> Of the people who listen to this podcast and I guess therefore well, uh, follow us on Instagram are going to know what the hell this juggernaut reference is. I, I'm not an online gamer because I'm not a fucking verge. <laughs> so that's why I wouldn't know um, what this juggernaut thing is <laughs> oh. in COD. Um, but, you know, power to you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, do you know what a juggernaut suit is? Yes no, or no? No. Oh, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't. We've I got don't, your numbers. So just taking a poll in the room. Yeah. You don't. I do. So that's 50% bang. Hey, is that um, a representation of the broader on the drift populace? You have to just look at the hard numbers and say it has to be. We'll wait and see what you guys think. But that's yeah. going to be a poll this week for sure. Okay. Uh, but yes, I think I interrupted you, but how, how are things? Mate, yeah, good. Uh, autumn carnival done and dusted. It was wet. It was. Fruitful? Yeah, I think so. 
Yeah, you know, there was a lot of great stories. There was some fantastic races, some talent unearthed. Uh, lessons learned. Lessons learnt. 100%. Um, yeah, mate. What, what were your thoughts on, I guess, the weekend just gone with your girl, Fireburn? And I'm going to say your girl because – there wasn't a hell of a lot of people who tipped Fireburn to win the slipper, let alone go on to win the size produce and then mm. have a really good crack of being the first Triple Crown filly to win it uh, for 30 years. Mate, you picked the eyes out of her on this podcast. Go back and listen, <laughs> Drifters. No, serious, because if you look at the Golden Slipper replay and listen to your uh, perception of how that race is going to play out, mate – you didn't say she was going to massively get checked. You didn't say that. No. Yeah. Been, not Nostradamus. Yeah, you're not Nostradamus. Uh. But you did say perfect barrier draw according to Mr. Portelli. She comes up on the inside, everything opens up, and she just goes bang. She went around one horse. Which is exactly what happened. Um, so, mate, yeah, I'm sure you were devastated with the results on the weekend. I, Yeah, I was just... For the story, I would have loved her to be yep. a triple crown winner. I think she deserved it. She's the best two-year-old we've seen since, what, Sebring or who was the other one? Piero. Sepoy? So, yeah, Sepoy. Uh, but, yeah, and it, I think, yeah, she's definitely the best two-year-old we've seen since Piero. And yeah. it's like just would have liked her to tick it off, but – Gary Portelli, absolute freak with these two-year-olds. Mm. Knows how to – and they – she will reign, came back as a three-year-old and did win. So I have full confidence that she can do that as I well. Think so. I think so too. I think so too. I think she's a star. Her last 600 metres in that race, I was saying to you before, was the fastest of the meet. And there was two other mile races for older horses on yeah. the day at Randwick. So that just tells me she's an out-and-out star that was just purely beaten by track buyers. And small fields don't – really uh, adopt a lot of speed. So you can be forgiven if they don't run time mm. in a small field, but she's still doing it in big fields, small fields. She's just so versatile. Yeah, so versatile. And uh, look, take nothing away from she's extreme, uh, but m- mostly Tommy Berry because I think he rode her to perfection. He knew he was going to get a soft lead before the race went around. The rail was out bloody two miles at Randwick, so – Evidently, we saw in a lot of the results on the weekend that it was going to be a leader bias for, for the most part. Except for Cascadian. Except for Cascadian. And if you look at that race, and idiot, I tipped in the Congo, thinking that maybe he could absorb the pressure up front and then kick on. But the only horse to do that was Tefano. I thought she was home, mate. I was, I, I, she, as soon as she burst through after running wide the entire trip, I was like, nothing's going to chase her down. I was counting McCash. Mm-hmm. I was a very, very happy boy and it came tumbling down by the one horse I didn't want it to ruin my fun. Oh, Cascadian. Yeah. You're talking about Godolphin horses being so hard to chase. They are. Like, look look at this resume, right? Ca- Cascadian and Kementari win on the same day. <laughs> what is going on? Yeah, a week after... Mo finishes dead last in the Queen Elizabeth and Colette. Colette finishes dead last in the Queen of the Turf. Like shithouse to penthouse in a week for Godolphin. Yeah. And it's not like they need more winners. No, they certainly don't. 
Uh, and they had a couple around the grounds as well. I backed a few of their things on the weekend that one. So, yeah. Oh, look, yeah, I take nothing away from Fireburn Drifters, I think. Um, if she does go around in spring, I, I don't think she will. Well, that's the chat, but, you know, I, I think if she's bouncing around like she's, you know, a happy, healthy horse, why not? Especially yeah. light prep. Like prep, maybe one or two runs, like the Hitotsu treatment or something. What do you think she'll be? Do you think she'll be a sprinter? Do you think she'll be a sprinter miler? Uh, it's hard to say. I think she might be a miler. Like typically my rule of thumb is with these two-year-olds, if they can run over a mile, they typically run over 2,000 metres. Yeah, I think so. Typically. What, what I learned from her on the weekend was that she, she could run an elite mile because of how quickly she finished off, mate, in a slowly run race. Yeah. If there was more pace on in that race for her to set up beautifully, yep. oh, man, I think she's a star. Yeah. Uh, so by thinking of the best two-year-olds that went on to the Cox Plate, Animo, Castelvecchio in recent years, I think she's right up to their standard as two-year-old. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if they head there. And you know what? She's extreme was good, but I think – Fireburn's the filly you want to be on. I think so. I, I think she's extreme. Will probably be be will be competitive into her three year old season. Mm. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if she doesn't feature in another group no. one. But we mentioned Tefane. <laughs> we mentioned Tefane. She's been very good to us over the years. And yeah, she's she's a fantastic horse, Tefane. Uh, definitely one of yours. Definitely one of mine. Uh, found her in Derby Day a couple of years ago. Had him back to winner all day. We were skinny in the quaddy home and she won. We had a stack on responsibly. And <laughs> oh, I had a good day that day. Yeah. It turned from a very terrible day for me where I was backing things each way, run fourth on the win. They'll run second. And she came away, beat Pippi home very, very nicely. But Hopefully she's good at stud as well. She'll probably go for well. Sunlight went for what two point three or three million or something. Last something year. absurd, yeah. She's a what three or four time Group One winner Tifano. against the older horses. She'll probably go for about something similar. Yeah, I think so. Sunlight was an out and out sprinter. Mm. Um, Tefane's progeny, I would, I would expect, would be dynamic enough, depending on who mm. she's serviced, serviced by. by. It's a strange term, isn't it? Um, it is. A, it is a strange term. I imagine if you use this that term for humans. Yeah. Um, tell you what, I wouldn't be tips because my service is horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, not fair. I, I think. I, I think she'd be. She'd go for something like that. I reckon mm. just get a just something good like a schnitzel into her or something. It could be a sprinter. Could be a miler. Consistent. Yeah. Isn't he just? Yeah. And you know what? She likes the wet decks. He loves the wet decks. Loves the wets. So, um, yeah, that was the main highlights for me. Um, We turn our attention to Brisbane and somewhat South Australia, but mainly Brisbane uh, (laughs) over the next few weeks. But this podcast is going to be a little bit different. Uh, The name of it is going to be the Autumn Awards, but they're not awards per se. We're just going to touch on... You know, some our biggest stories, lesson learned, performances, contenders, pretenders, that sort of thing. So let's just get stuck in here, mate. Let's go with the best story. So I've got two. 
Well, say one because mine's probably the other. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm going to say the Queen Elizabeth. Okay. Because wasn't on my list. Right. Okay. Well, okay. So for me, there there was a stack to choose from the Queen Elizabeth because I cannot recall seeing such a genuine wait for age race mm. across the park mm-hmm. than what we got in the lead up. It was all about a certain group of horses, and then in the wash up end up being about a different group of horses. And we weren't the only ones with egg on our face, I can tell you that. Exactly right. Exactly right. But just the build up for me into that race, being able to actually see the horses in the mounting yard, being trackside and then watching that ride by Nash for Willa mm. live was absolutely unbelievable, mate. We'll be talking about that race for the rest of our lives, you would you would assume. Nash um, would have to be the mo- the boldest rider in Australia. That Mate. ride he gave Kementari on the weekend was bloody dangerous, but he got it home. He did. Mate, we're talking about Schnitzel having a pair of nuts and servicing. Sheesh. Sheesh, natural willer. Well, his, his little foal. His progeny. Well, yeah. He's riding winners already. Cam. Yeah. Camera willer. Sheesh. Yeah, look, I... I I think the Queen Elizabeth for me, mate, yeah. is the biggest story out of um, the autumn front and back page of the Sydney Morning Herald mm. um, during the week. It was the talk of the town. Well, horse racing was in the press for the right reasons. 100%. Yeah. And I feel like this story as well has to be for anyone that wasn't involved in horse racing They saw and everyone involved and they heard what this train has gone through and you got Shelby 66 – to win a Group 1 in Danny Williams. That is highway winner to Group 1 winner in three runs. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Like, you just can't deny that. It's And Shelby's still running around. He's running around in Melbourne this weekend. Yeah, carrying 60 kegs. Talking about that. Uh, yeah, unbelievable story, man. That's the biggest no-brainer. Yeah. Well, we might not ever see that ever again. I don't think so. Yeah. Like, I think um, – there was a lot of – because, you know, we've been following horse racing since, what, 2015, like closely. Yeah. Uh, 2015 or so. Uh, so not that long in the grand scheme of things. But I was listening to some people who have been like your David Gately's, your Dean Lester's, those sort of people. And they can't really pick someone who's done this in yeah. one prep. Where tracks help, you know, some of the elite horses running under – under their uh, their benchmark as well, but full credit to Danny Williams. Yeah, hey, Group One's a Group One. It is unbelievable. And yeah, I think a lot of punters found in that day as well because he got pumped in, he got crunched in. Yeah, so good on him, good on yeah. him. Lovely story. Um, so yeah, my my second story out of the um, out of the autumn for me has to be Nature Strip winning three TJs. Mm. I think. Oh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think the punning uh, community doesn't necessarily underestimate Nature Strip, but I don't think they necessarily respect him as much as what he deserves. Because of his early career, he was pretty enigmatic and he was a little bit hard to catch. And you could even argue that he is still now. But he's currently rated the highest – he's the highest rated racehorse in the world Mm. at the moment. Yeah. He's, he's, he's undeniably a fantastic horse, NS. Of course he is. But to your point, I think he's had 
if you went and done enough digging, you'd know the exact stat I'm referring to here. But I think for Waller, uh, there's a few things that you need to consider with NS. I think first up, he's um, – I think he's only won one race from 10 starts or something. So first up, Waller's like, no, 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 that's not what he's doing. Third up, I think he's virtually undefeated. Um other than that Everest campaign where he was under the weather. Yeah. So first up, he's actually got a pretty good record. It's yeah. second up that second he's up. just up, okay. like terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think also to that is uh, his starting price profile. Mm. It's basically under three bucks is absolute poison. <laughs> Over three bucks. And it's we're talking three to four dollars here. Jam. Because he you're doesn't. Not, you're not getting anything bigger. No. Because yeah. he's a superstar. Undefeated. <laughs> so he does provide for the punters every now and then, but like, and more often than not, I should say. But 100%, he doesn't get the respect. Mm. I don't think. I don't think he does. Like, is he a better horse than Chautauqua? Is, I think so. You think so? Yeah. Okay. I think so. And I think he'll go to Royal Ascot and he'll spank those foreigners. Sheesh. Mm. Maybe with Jay Carr on board. Love that. Not Jay Mack. Love that. Yeah. So they're my two. I had one, one more as well. Has to be Hitotsu and Kiramara debuts. A freakish horse. Unbelievable. Freakish, freakish horse. Yeah. Like, I Again, we're talking about Shelby 66. Never seen anything like it. I've never seen these no. this sort of training performance. 1,600 to 24, 2,500 back-to-back preps. And he, he won the Australian Guineas first up. People are forgetting that. Like His last three runs have been in group ones and he's won them. They're taking him to the Japan Cup and I'm seeing people on Twitter going like, oh, he'll get lapped there. It's like, hang on a second. Mm. He's beating some slow horses over 2,400 <laughs> metres, let's be honest. But like he's his ceiling, he's got the highest ceiling in Australia by far. Yeah, and he'll probably get a dry deck in Japan. And I think he's pro- – yeah, which will suit him. And I think he's probably our best three-year-old. Yeah, you – it's hard to it's, argue. It's hard to argue with that. His versatility, turn of foot over that that mile. He was legless, and he still had that will to win. I think the only question mark on him is going against the older horses, mm. and the only one who's answered that question is Home Affairs. Yes, with an asterisk, I would say. With an asterisk, uh, you could also say Mo's loss in the Cox Plate was with an asterisk, and that was with, against State of Rest, who's an international. Group one talent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mo can make an argument. But you, look, I, I think it's hard to argue with Hitotsu being our number one three-year-old. What a crop. Yeah. Okay. This podcast is going to go far too long. So biggest contender. Let's get into that. I hate to take the words out of your mouth, but our boy Marzu is a contender, mate. He, he has to be. He could have been a contender. <laughs> mate, he is a contender. Of course he is. Backed him every start this prep. Money spinner for the drifters, running time. Man, he's, he's a group one winning horse, I think. Now, we were discussing this in the car. He is our one of our favourites, possibly my favourite horse of all time, reincarnated in Red Zell. He is. He's a Snowden trade horse. He is. He's now gelding and a good boy. Yeah, very good boy. Wears the triple crown silks and he races on speed. And... On heavy decks. Redzel loved him. Gets through the decks. Yep. So, Marzu, credit to you, 
he's trying to go from the Arrowfield to the Everest, which classic legend did win the Arrowfield, but I think he won the Everest not the year, the same year, but the year after. So you know, there's some sort of history there. Home Affairs won it last year. Yep, and you know he ran okay in an in an Everest. So, yep. Um, could we see um, Mazu up in Queensland? I don't know. I'd Doom lo- in ten thousand, perhaps. I'd, I'd love to see it. Uh, we'll be there. Yeah, we'll say good day to the Snowdens and say. Where the number one ticket holder is really nice to meet you. Could he stretch out to fourteen hundred meters? Stradbroke handicap. Interesting stuff. I don't know. I I would love to see Mazu up here, but I think a big race for him uh, in the spring. Jump on drifters. Apart from the Everest, obviously, would be like the Moya thousand mm. meters, Mooney Valley. Yeah, yeah. Um, Follow a wild know. ruler type path? Yeah, potentially. What do you think 1,200 metres is go? I think the Snowdens are a group grand final stable. Like he would have won that – he would have taken that group one from Shelby 66. He would have 100%. And we would have had our pockets full. Yes. Um. So I think whatever he's aimed at, if he comes up right, all, all things being equal, he'll run a great race. I think he – and look at our – our sprinting ranks, they're vulnerable at 1,200 metres. There's nature strip and then it falls right away. Classic legend runs once a year. <laughs> yeah, Les Bridge is like, I oh, don't really give a shit about anything else. <laughs> so I think he's he's the he's the next one. Like we probably thought at the start of the autumn it was lost and running. He, I yep. think he's taken the next step over that horse. Yeah. And he's a three-year-old, so we're going to see him. And a gelding, we're going to see him. We're going to see him for ten years, <laughs> Mazu. Um, uh. Look, Mazu was mine as well, but I had noted down here: Zaki's still our best way for age horse. Yes. So, but it's not really a biggest contender. I think he's. I'm thinking. I was thinking contenders. Basically, horses who haven't won a group one yet, up and comer. Yeah. Um, so Mazu is the most obvious. You know, a grade ticks yeah. so many boxes. He's ticking outside the yeah. box. I think the other one's Espiona. Yeah, I think she finds a dry deck in uh, the spring, mm. and against her own sex, I think she'll be something special. All right, I've got one for you then, because Espiona, in all likelihood, probably goes to the Empire Rose. Mm-hmm. I think kiss on all four cheeks that WA mare. Goes to the exact same race, and I think she wins it. Nah, I think Espiona beats her. Espiona is a big contender in the spring. Mark my words. Okay, this moment will timestamp it. Timestamp that. All right, biggest pretender. I think we're so, going to be drinking from the same bath here. <laughs> Potentially, <laughs> you go first. Ice bath. Love to own her. But when it gets to the tippy top of Group One competitive racing, she falls away. She crumbles. She runs a nice placing on occasion. She's just not a winner, mate. You can't win races with that racing pattern. It's just you just need so much to go your way. You do. You need so much, too much. So if you're a dickhead drifter, 
who DD. Yeah, had money on her on the weekend. You're an idiot. She's never gonna win that race. Not I have written down here, maybe she's a springtime mare. I think she runs a bit better in the spring. Um oh, man, no. but at the t- hippie top level, she always finds one better. Yeah, mate. She'll she'll flash home and it'll look pretty. But no, she's not going to have my hard-earned cash on her because no. she, just the way she races, it's low percentage, dumb footy. <laughs> so if you're a dickhead drifter, give yourself a little whack on the chin and you know jiggle those balls around a little bit. A little uppercut. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my biggest pretender, and I alluded to this on our Ned's chat already, and it's not a horse. It's people from Sydney. Yes. Yeah, bloody pretenders. And do you know why? Walk around, parade around the country on your high bloody horse. We got the best weather in Sydney, best city in Australia. Look, could it be the best city in Australia? I, I give you that. You got a red hot crack, but you don't have the best weather. Nowhere fucking near it. Oh mate, no. <laughs> Ten weeks in a row of heavy decks we've had on a Saturday in Sydney, mate. Ten weeks in a row. I'm sick of it. Have you heard of a cricket pitch? They oh, cover it. Oh, mate. <laughs> Unbelievable. And I threw some stats out uh, on our Ned segment and drifters. If you don't know me well, I'll tell you something about me. I'm not a stats guy. He's not a stats guy. I'm not a stats guy. I'm a, I'm a look and feel type of operator. But, Visual, perhaps. But. But. This is a hell of a stat. These are great stats. So we're going to talk about Melbourne first because we're going to create an effect, right? Yeah. We're, going to, we're going to just build our way up into it. Like, I think it's good to compare. Is there a drum roll effect? Because we could start like this. Ooh. like, All right. No. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll use that. <laughs> <laughs> Not right now. I wasn't ready. <laughs> a bit premature, just like me. Um, so let's have a look at Melbourne. Since 2007, mm. there has been 432 Group 1 races in Melbourne. Count them. Of those 432 Group 1 races, sure. 73 have been on rain-affected decks. Okay. That's 17%. So you're playing on a good track the vast majority of the time. We've been to five of them. We have. We have. Unbelievable. So what's that? That's what, about 10, not even like 7% of them-ish. Yeah. Yeah, it's called that. Yeah, yeah. which is – Yeah, there you go. Anyway. <clears throat> so drum roll, please. Sydney, <laughs> 396 Group 1 races since 2007. 222 of those Group 1 races have been on heavy decks. What are you doing? What are you doing? That's 56%, mate, on rain-affected decks. So 17% versus 56%. Yes. It's hard, cold, hard cash numbers. Mate, how's that for some statistics? Cut that up, post it wherever you like. So basically, mate, you're looking at wet track form. Every time we're playing in the Autumn Carnival. And 100%. it just kills so many good horses. It does. Kills so many of them. And it's a it's a bloody shame. It is a crying shame. So, Sydney Siders, up yours, your pretenders for thinking you have the best weather in the country. Because clearly you don't. Yeah. Our weather's stunning up here. Oh, yeah. Give us 
Queen Elizabeth. Imagine if we imagine if the Autumn Carnival was in Brisbane and we were the big dogs. Imagine if we had the Everest. One can only hope. Yes, yeah, so unbelievable. Anyway, that's um, I'd run out the Gabba. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that'd be unbelievable. <laughs> Just loops around the Gabba. <laughs> it's great points you make. All right, biggest lessons learned. Kick it off again. Sure, mate. Speaking of wet weather, there's genuine wet track form and then there's genuine wet trackers. Yep. So if you're looking at a form guide, and, you, and you've mentioned this on a few podcasts, mm. and you see a horse is running a heavy deck three times and they've won once and placed twice, don't, don't read too much into that. No. At all. Because like you said, that could have been when they were a two-year-old and now they're six. Mm. It could have been in their maiden. Yep. Beating up on shitty horses out mm-hmm. in Whoop Whoop, or it could have been uh, over a sprint distance <laughs> and they're racing over a mile now. So just don't read too much into it. And I know it's hard, but if they've really truly performed on a heavy deck, go watch that race and see how they won it. Mm. Try and find a replay or something like that. Or. Go from week to week. Maybe watch the first few weeks of the Autumn Carnival and don't launch, but just get a look and a feel for how the Autumn Carnival is going to play out. 100%. And, yeah, and, and I'll tell you what, you'll, you'll, find, you'll have a lot more luck finding winners because there was horses like Very Elegant who we thought before the Autumn Carnival was a genuine heavy track specialist, just loved it. And she's got the best jockey in Australia, James McDonald, coming off her after race saying, yeah, she just didn't enjoy the heavy deck. Mind blowing. So you can't – I don't think you can hang your hat no. on that form. There's two horses I want to talk about here. One is VE. Yep. Look back at her form profile. Her best wins are not only over 2,400 and further, but her two best wins of her career are that Caulfield Cup. Over Tony Van Dyke, yep. On a good three. Yep. And a Melbourne Cup where she wins by four lengths on a good four. Carrying 57 kilos? She, I think, and the media has a lot to do with it and there's a lot of perception. She's like, oh, yeah, she's handled these good decks, racing in over middle distances against probably not our best horses. Mm. So, you know, she's probably not beating much. And as she's getting older, she probably appreciates being on top of the ground. The other horse I want to talk about, and she's retired now, is Colette. My God. There has been so much chat by a lot of people, ourselves included, saying she's the best wet tracker in, the, in Australia. Yeah. You actually go through her form profile, and I learned this the hard way after backing her. I was like, what is going on here? And I think it was in that Chipping Norton or something. Just didn't look like she got through the ground. Yeah. And went back through her profile, and she was she was only racing against her own, her own age. Yeah. So that's, and her own sex. So it's like- if you can't find anything that is doing it against both sexes, against the older horses, you can kind of trust that form better. 100%. And recent form is key. 100%. Recent form. What's it done in the last six to 12 months? 12 months max. Yeah. 100%. Um, I also mentioned this on our little Ned's clip, which will be coming out on Thursday or Friday, Drifters. But no nuts required, mate. No nuts required. <laughs> it's a huge lesson learned. In some respects. <laughs> In some respects. Uh, but, yeah, for three-year-old features, 
you know, there is a lot of chat about, say, the Randwick Guineas and these big features like the Arrowfield. That you need a you need a cult to win it. Yeah. But you did it. Yeah, Converge yeah. won it. Mazu won it. Bang. Thanks for coming. Um, all right. I do have one more. Please and learn. And that's pressure, tempo, um, spot and running is everything. Mm. If you can find something, especially when the rail's out, that's gonna get an easy lead. And unfortunately she did it to Fireburn. Mm. She's extreme. Mm. Oh, they're going to be awfully hard to beat. But also the reverse. If you're seeing a lot of pressure early on in the race, there's a stack of speed early on. Yeah. It's not a sprint race. We saw this uh, in the all-aged. Mm. Then your leaders are under pressure. Yeah. And, and something's just, just off pace is usually going to win. So you just – when you when I'm looking at the form now, I'm just going to be mindful. Mm. Of that a bit more. I have another one as well. Three-year-olds, when they race against the older horses, big tick for me. Mazu raced against Open Company first up and he blew them away undefeated for the rest of the prep. Uh, Benno also did something similar. Um, And he ran a cracking race in the derby, just found one better, found a freak. Fangirl. Fangirl. And then, yeah, the other one was Phillies when they go – if they either race against the Colts or the older mares going back to their own age, Fangirl, you can kind of say that for Espiona as well now. Yeah, I think so. Like hinged. Uh, yeah, you can typically back that form. You can even look at it from last spring, mate, in home affairs. Yep. Doesn't run super well in an Everest, but then goes 100%. and blows his own sex away. Yeah. His so, own sex. His own age group. Own age group. And yeah, I think it that form typically holds up. Mm. Um, all right, biggest before we get into a best bet for the weekend, biggest call for the spring. Big incentivized to pick up two group ones in the spring. I reckon he's going to come back. And you say Zaki's best weight for age horse in the country. Look, I I tend to agree, but I think this guy challenges him even over a mile and 2,000 metres uh, incentivised. If he comes back well, which I think he will, I think it'll be awfully hard to beat over 1,600 metres mm. and then anything above. Mate, if he's carrying the top weight in the Melbourne Cup, 58 kegs, I still think it'll be hard to beat. I th- yeah, I th- if he comes back, yeah, he'll pick up a couple of group ones in the spring. Sheesh. And the thing is, you're getting double-figure odds for him in most group one races that are up in futures at the moment. And there's going to be a bit more competition, I think, this time around uh, in the spring against him. Mm. Maybe some younger horses coming through, like your Moes, like your Hitotsus, potentially. But mm. no, nah, incentivized. I want to see the Japanese horses back out here. Oh, I would love to. Liga sure. Oh, Jeez. please. Um, well, of all of these that we've talked about, Mazu just, he runs a place in the Everest. <sighs> Of course he does. Yeah, of course he, he does. He fills the pockets. Zoo. Now, don't back him now because he's, <laughs> he's a stupid price. Yeah. He's far too short now. I think he's second favourite. Um, yeah, it's dumb footy. Don't back him. Like, he'll he'll come out. He'll start he's, out. At the moment, he's a few lengths off yes. our best sprinters but comfortably. He's got so much room to move. Oh, yeah. And, like, as we touched on, at 1,200 metres, Eduardo's vulnerable. 
Biggest pretender, we didn't touch on Mask Crusader, but my God, he might not be an autumn horse. I was going to give him the biggest pot of all time on this podcast and call him a pretender, but then I remembered that he nearly won the Everest and he also has won in Group 1. So, like, he, he's he got a CV that most horses would be incredibly envious of. But, yeah, again, he's like an ice bath, mate. If you find him, well done to you for jumping on him at the three bucks when he finally wins one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. He's not going to have my money on him. To be fair, this prep, he was at that double-figure odds each start. Um, and, and I think that's a fair price for him. 100%. But he's done this before in the autumn. He could come out and just be a superstar in the spring, but oh, yeah, you need to we'll see, see. You need to see it again. Mm. And I'd rather back the nature strips, the Marzos that sit on pace like you outlined. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Best, best time. Do you have one for this week? I just have um, two horses that I wanted to uh, allude to. <laughs> this isn't my best bet of the day, but if you go to Ranwick race one, starting. Still playing in Ranwick. Super early. I've given. I've, <laughs> just I've given it a wide berth. Just threw it in the bin. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What race? Uh, race one. Um, so number five, Zoo Gotcha. Zoo Gotcha. So shout out. To CS Racing. Oh, I see him. This yeah. is the first <laughs> this is the first one of his two year olds that's coming through. Um so she won on debut in Canterbury on <laughs> a heavy ten. I'm just looking at this now. Made really comfortably. Chris Waller has such high wraps of this horse. He usually, for all his young horses, gives him two trials before he takes them to the track. But she trialed once and he was like, This thing is special. And he was just like, I want to just get her a run. Because I think like I think she'll run really well. I'm not sure if she'll win, but I think she'll run really well. Blew him away. She was eight dollars that day. Blew him away. Jehu, baby. If you got if you got the nod and you did not tell me, you're in my bad books. I got the nod. I didn't have a cent on it because oh. I completely forgot. I got the nod a few days beforehand and I was like, we'll definitely back it and then didn't have a cent on. So idiot <laughs> right here. Um but yeah, Zoo gotcha. Chris Waller's got huge wraps on it. Um, $3.10 with Ned's at the moment. Yeah, she's a special little filly. Okay. Uh, I do have – I actually do have a couple. Uh, I want you to go to Adelaide of all places. Right, okay. Race eight. Number one. Bacchanalia. Marzu this thing form. has Marzu form. Marzu form. You're getting 370 to find out, please. This thing was actually – I was. this was the one horse I was actually a bit spooked by if it ran in the arrow field because rewatches first up run, three wide, no cover. It was doing it the hard way and it stuck on pretty well. I think it's actually quite a smart horse. Um, good old and you always love to see it. But, yeah, I think it'll run a nice race for you. Brilliant. Um, my best of the day. I'm in that territory. Uh, Caulfield, we're playing in. Race nine, number nine, Extreme Warrior. Yeah, nice. So before he went to the Coolmore, he was the biggest threat to home affairs for mine because he absolutely blitzed him to start before in the Blue Sapphire Stakes and his rating was through the roof. Didn't pull up super well after the Coolmore, so I think there was issues there. Um, But he's resuming here after a long spell. Yeah, Jay Carr on board, Extreme Warrior, $2.15 with Ned's launch. I remember Mick Price was talking to Mick Felgate on 
RSN once and he was interviewing Mick Price when this thing was having a trial uh, in the autumn. It only had a setback a couple of months ago. But he said, I'm just watching the end of Extreme Warriors trial here and he's won that by six lengths. So he's like, I think he's come back nicely. He yeah. just had a little bit of a setback, but they've given him the time. Which you love to see. Avoided the features. Let's get him back in a very winnable race. 100%. And a bit of a bit of background information, Drifters, and I won't go into super, you know, super detail here, but Extreme Warriors, son of Extreme Choice, and he's a super, super valuable stud prospect. So he's going to be wound up. He, If he wins this, we might not even see him again. So, um, yeah. Get on, get on him. Yep. Lovely. I have two more and we're going to sunny Brisbane. Oh, yes. Just gearing up for yep. the um, winter carny. I basically, you know, through the autumn, I look at Melbourne and Sydney. Can toss Sydney in the bin, not even looking at it anymore. <laughs> looking at, Mel, uh, you know, Brisbane and potentially Adelaide. Stinky. Um, but my first one is race four, number one. Love this horse, Mokalua. Bit of a non-winner, but she has form in this race that only these other horses could only dream of. Um, nearly ran down Barb Raider and Argentia first up. Uh, a couple of starts go, sorry. Has form around Fangirl. Those two horses just got far too, way too far back at Newcastle. Back to the mile here. Bang. Thanks for coming. 380 looks generous. And then I want you to go to race seven. My best bet of the day is number seven, Startantes. I think this horse is one of the best three-year-olds we have for the female brigade, only a, a length or so off hinged. 1,100 metres is the query, but she absolutely flies at Doombin. Oh, she does. Yeah, I think that's a great bet at the each way price, mate. And that's a cracking race. It is. But I think I'm looking at these boys, right? Because she is against, the, against boys. the boys. But Shakiro, the Magic Millions winner, look, he probably hasn't lived up to expectations. Ingratiating's form hasn't been the best. Alpine Edge, hit and miss. Prince of Boom is the... The Queensland boy, but he's running at Toowoomba and Gold Coast. Yeah, I mean, he's been beaten by Startantes before, if I can remember correctly. So I think the boys are vulnerable, and I think she's the best filly in the race, so I'm happy to play. At that price, man, I don't blame you. All right. But it's been fun. It's been fun. And any feedback you've got for an episode like this, Drifters, let us, let us know. Because we don't get into like the sort of intricacies of horse racing as much as as what we typically would. So if you like that and you enjoy it, it's a good point you make. You know what I mean? Like we, obviously we talk about horse racing. That's what this podcast is about. Yeah, but you know what I mean with how we think about it and being genuine. Hey, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But if you're having a punt this weekend with the good people at Ned's Drifters, make sure you do it responsibly. But we'll be back next week. Group 1 Racing returns at the mighty Morfittville. Until then, we'll see you then. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> really can't. <laughs> Hooroo.